This is the Fedora Chronicles Network. You are listening to The Metaphysical Connection, Episode 6. And I'm your host, Eric Renderking-Fisk, with Walt Schnabel. This time we talk about uh, some of the most famous alien abduction stories, or cases as they were, including stories that involve Betty and Barney Hill, Travis Walton, the most horrific abduction case out of Utah that I've ever heard of, uh, Whitney Schreiber's book, Communion, and the work done by Dr. John Mack, who was at the time a professor at Harvard University, made a controversial conclusion, and maybe some of these abductions these have something to say and they're telling the truth um yeah so hey um just as we mentioned at the end of this podcast uh, we invite all of you to come on our show and tell us about your thoughts and experiences with alien abductions if you have a close encounter of your own kind or you have some insight because of your work with a government agency or newspaper or whatever uh, let us know and we would love to have you on our show uh, get in touch with us on uh, facebook or twitter and you can easily find us by just searching for the fedora Chronicle and the metaphysical connection on those social network services. So, okay, hey, let's get on with it. Keep your chin up and your fedora on. Enjoy the show, and thank you so much for listening. Please clap. Now, before we get started back on the abduction topic, yep. I, I do have to genuflect on air to Eric. Okay. And, and, I, and I, I don't do this often. Uh-oh. But he was absolutely right. I, I should have seen Spotlight, the movie, before we did the Vatican archive show because I, it would have only added to my righteous indignation about the, the handling of um, the, the church abuse scandals and things like that. That's It's really quite an incredible movie. I really appreciate you saying that. I, I, I'm not just saying that. I'm not trying to be funny or anything like that. I mean, I, I really mean it. So, I mean... Just really quickly, while you're doing that, tell me, what is it? Oh, I'm done, I'm done genuflecting. It, oh, was, it was a quick bow. Oh, that's it? That was a quick, yeah. I mean, what do you want? What, how much do you, I mean. Here, here, here's the thing. We have a saying in this house. Carol says, Eric's always right, but she always says it with a with an eye roll. And the thing is, there are times when it's like. With just an eye roll? <laughs> just an eye roll. <laughs> and then it's like the kids. And the kids say, dad is always right. If I if I say something. Um, they're clearly looking for something. They're, right. They're clearly setting you up for something. Right. And the thing is, if I come, like the thing is, is that I remember specifically we were invited to this wedding and the thing is is that you just knew that these two people were not right for each other mm-hmm. and you knew this was going to end badly and and I said uh, you know I hate to say it but within five years they're going to be broken up and she's going to move as far away from him as she possibly could it wasn't even three and a half years and where is she now almost a hundred two hundred miles away from this character there have been so many times when I when I've was, started was saying, the fact that they got into a fist fight at the reception did that, did that have anything <laughs> think, to do with it? I think maybe it did. I think maybe it did. I think it had something to do with the fact that he was acting like a 12-year-old child also had something to well, do yeah, with that, it. Well, yeah, that might have something know. to do with it. But anyway, I, I, I just felt like I, ne- I needed to come clean and say Eric was right. Thank um, you. For what that's worth or not worth. Could you just say that again? Um, for what that's worth to you. You can you can broadcast that like on a, on a loop okay. throughout no, your no, house. No, the whole uh, thing. For no. as long as you want. You, no, you, no. You, you, have, you have license to use my voice Could you just, just with that phrase. Okay, which phrase is that? Eric is right. Was right. Say it one more time. That's enough. Eric was right. Just I say. Was, no, I'm not saying it anymore. That's <laughs> it. I'm done. I'm done <laughs> so anyway, um, so here, here's what I do. I I collect a whole bunch of news stories, and and I and and I collect these news stories in the hopes that we can talk about them at some point in the show. And I'm going to go really quick when I say this, and and this is from the. Um, uh, Express UK and the headline story take it for what it's worth Walt uh, exclusive scientist is latest whistleblower after bizarre encounter with this UFO and it just says here and I'm just going to read the first sentence here a scientist working for the US Department of Defense has co- become the latest current or former high-ranking military personnel to rank rank and whistleblower over aliens and UFOs this is becoming a phenomenon this is becoming a weekly phenomenon it seems to me it's seems to me that every time we turn around there's somebody else who is either working for the government um, or was previously working for the government and has come out and said why yes UFOs are indeed real and the US government not only knows about it but they're also exploiting it well right it goes back to what we've talked about in previous podcasts is, is full disclosure on its way and maybe this is part of that there, there's got to be some setup it's there's supposed to be this big document 
document dump coming too. Um, another one, another yeah, document I dump. Mean, a, a because more this, substantial one. Because the, the CIA UFO document dump, that was pretty huge. Mm -hmm. And we have yet to even touch on that. Yeah. So um, from, uh, from my end, my sources report that Jeb Bush has actually been caught um, um, out in public with Ben Carson playing a game of shuffleboard oh, somewhere in Florida. Nice. I wonder who won. Uh, I, <laughs> I think that's the only thing that Jeb Bush is able to win these days. Well, maybe, yeah. Well, Ben didn't, been do, didn't do so well or so. And on, on a plus side, he, Ben... He may be doing um, brain surgery for charity or something. Here, yeah. Well, here's another thing. Ben Carson has also come forward saying that he could actually do some kind of neurological scan um, uh, using current technology to get to the bottom of where exactly was uh, George Sr. in de in uh, November 23rd, 1963, because he will not stick to his story. So the only way that we can get to the bottom of where George Herbert Walker Bush, um, then future CIA director, to know exactly what he was doing on the day Kennedy was assassinated, is either from a deathbed confession, which I don't think is happening anytime soon, or a neurological scan from uh, from Ben Carson. So Well, one of these days, Barbara Bush may get senile enough she really tells the truth about where she was and where her husband was on that, on that fateful day. Walt, hold on a second. We have an audio clip. Hold on a second. Uh, this is this is First Lady Barbara Bush, and I remember since we had a driver, I don't remember specifically where we were, but George and his friends were target practicing. It was uh, it uh, was grassy knoll. It was it was near the grassy knoll, and it was behind a picket fence, and I remember there being a railroad yard. Jab, put some more oil on my Walker wheels. <laughs> We shouldn't. We shouldn't be making too much fun of the uh, of of the first lady because. Oh yes, we should. She comes from a very. Oh, yes, we she comes from a very powerful family, mm -hmm. and there's going to be a knock on the door someday. <laughs> the the men in the men in in black representing the bushes again. <laughs> the bushes in black. <laughs> the black bushes. Oh wait. Oh no. There's there's no black bushes. There's there are. Oh there there was a famous quote from from George H W one time when he was talking about his grandchildren, and he said, "Oh yes, we we and, and as you know, Jeb's." has a Hispanic wife, so yes. his children are not lily white. Um, so George H.W. said, well, we, we love the little brown ones just as much as the as the white ones. <laughs> that makes me <laughs> so... Thanks. Doesn't that give you a warm and fuzzy feeling? It makes me so proud to be an American. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. I, I thought that was funny. <clears throat> I, I, was just, I was just thinking about how, uh, you know, Bill Clinton was caught making a pass at <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you made that up. I know you did. I saw this... I saw this meme somewhere. Oh, that's low. And, and freaking... Did she have a blue dress on? <laughs> a blue <laughs> bring back, Bring back some old memories. <laughs> a stained blue dress. I might <laughs> bring that up again. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. Anyway, we have quite the show. Now, now that the show is properly in the gutter where it belongs. <laughs> <laughs> We've sunk as low as we can go now. Now let's just raise oh, ourselves no, up from no, here. No, trust let's, me. Let's rise from here. <clears throat> oh, trust me. I can go much lower. <laughs> well, we need we need to take some podcast Viagra and and, and raise up. <laughs> So we're talking about, um, of course, alien abductions. And um, again, I, I, could, I could tell you right now from the beginning, this is not going to be our only show on the topic. Um, this time around, we're only going to be, what, we're only going to be talking about maybe the three most famous UFO cases and what we think about them. It's which, a huge topic. There's, it's there's, it's a huge there's topic. There's tons of um, reports and, and stories. And, you know, we could spend a good three shows at least just talking about it. I don't, we could do one show a month and not wear out the... The topic for a good for a good long time let's let's kind of start out at the beginning i guess um sure the the probably the most well-known sort of the holy grail of, of abduction experiences was betty and barney hill yeah um which took place not too far from here just a little bit north in of exeter and, exeter new hampshire well, actually the, the the abduction actually took place in lancaster okay. which is just south okay. of there right the, the hills lived in exeter yeah um, so they were coming home from a vacation this is uh september 61 i think so um i, I believe that's correct so they saw a bright light in the sky, which is pretty typical. That didn't appear to be an airplane or a star or anything um, terrestrial. Yeah. Um, so uh, they stopped the car and Betty, uh, Barney got out, pulled his binoculars out, and he was checking it out. And um, the, the the thing got pretty close. And yeah. um, he got kind of spooked and he, and he jumped back in the car and took off. And um, this object, which um, he later described uh, under hypnosis as uh, a saucer-like kind of sure. uh, vehicle, came very close 
close to the road, about about 90 feet away, yeah. 90 feet above the above the road, which is which is pretty low. Um, and that really spooked him, and he kind of slammed the brakes on and got out of the car in the middle of the road. Um, and he and his wife Betty were were picked up. Yeah. And um, their their experiences came out later um, when they went under um, hypnosis. Yeah. Um, and they were they were put under independently, and their their experiences were were almost exactly the same. So you have to they they really had no conscious knowledge of this. They knew that something was wrong um, after this event. They they had they had a big block of missing time, which is a, which is a fairly common thing as well. They, yep. they just had no way to account for the time that, that um, <clears throat> went by, and and they didn't really have any way of exactly knowing what happened. Um, and one one of the other things that seems to be pretty typical is that there's usually some kind of an examination, a medical examination. That seems to be the yeah. reoccurring thing, and it's, and it's usually sexual in nature. Um, I mean, there's there's usually blood drawn, which you know right. isn't necessarily sexual, but but then there's um, some kind of an examination of genitals, and Betty actually felt like she underwent um, an examination to determine whether she was pregnant or not, yeah. um, which apparently she wasn't. Uh, so there, there's those fairly kind of commonalities between all of, the, or most of these um, experiences. Um, the Hills didn't talk about it for a while, and then they eventually... Yeah, for good reason. Uh, yeah, well, you know, in, in that point in time, people were considered just crazy when they when they talked about stuff like that. Um, so that was really the, that, that wasn't really the first account on record. There's a, there's an earlier one um, that happened in the late 50s. Yeah, uh, but, but br- the Hills... Brazilian are... farmer yeah. was uh, talked about being taken, a, he, he was um, early 20s, was like 23 or something. He was taken aboard a, a, a ship and um, he was forced to have sex with a with a female alien. They kind of hosed him down and took some blood and, and um, he, he was forced to have sex. And, and his account uh, seems to portray him as sort of a sperm donor where they were yeah. they were taking his sperm to, to improve their genetic their gene pool or something like that whether that's true or not we don't know but um so that but he didn't talk about that for a long time that that didn't come out for quite a long time so uh betty and barney hill may their experience might have been divulged yeah. first the, the name of the gentleman that you're talking about is antonio villas boas right and um yeah like you said it was uh it happened it occurred in the 1950s 58 50, uh, all it says here on this page it just says well it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it's late 50s but the thing is preceded betty and barney it it just goes to prove though that not all abduction stories occur in the united states no, or or in recent memory, there's there's yeah. a lot of who knows how many past events there have been that we d- we don't know about. Yeah, you know that or, or that were chalked off as folklore or encounters with with the little people. Um, you know, go back to say the story of Rip, Rip Van Winkle, which is is right. kind of a folk tale from the um, again from New York State. Yeah, which is has very remote parts to it. Um, so the story behind him is that he went to sleep. Well, okay, that's missing time, right? Yep. In his case, it was years, I think. Um, but he he went and had an encounter with little. People, so little people graze, you know. Well, how little are we talking here? I don't know. I don't. I don't know the exact rip and details, but but you just talk about the general over overview of it. You know, yeah. it could fit the fit the pattern. I think that the important thing to remember about the Betty and Barney Hill story is that, well, first of all, they were an interracial couple, which was almost unheard of back in the '60s. Right. Well, there was probably about ten black men in New Hampshire at that point. So. Right. And so and now and, and now maybe there's maybe fifty, 50 mm-hmm. maybe maybe. I mean, the thing is, is that unless uh, Ben Carson comes. Right. And, and and the thing is, is that somebody made a joke that New Hampshire is about as diverse as an Osmond family reunion. Yeah. Which is, uh, that's pretty accurate. Which kind of hurts, but it's true at the well, same time. Well, it is what it is. You know. You know? And, um, but the thing is, is that so many people had tried to debunk the Betty and Barney Hill story because the thing is, is that as somebody had came up with this, this psychological theory that because of all the stress and the trauma that they were going through with people calling them awful names and stuff like that because they were an interracial couple, that they thought that obvi- this whole UFO thing thing must be masking some other traumatic event when like I don't know maybe that they were they were knocked off the road by a bunch of hillbillies or something like that or a bunch of like racist bigots or whatever and the thing is is that well there's no there's no evidence of that at all no there's no evidence that anything uh, that, that, that doesn't even seem to be a factor really. um, although you have to wonder um, it's a factor only for the debunkers well and you have to wonder if that wasn't a factor as to why they got abducted you know no absolutely not you, you don't think I don't know I mean the thing is is that I, I 
really don't think that that alien beings from other parts of the galaxy have racial bias. I don't think they have racial bias. Probably not. I don't think that it was just like I don't think they they snatch people and they say, "Up, oh, this is a colored, throw them back." I don't think but, they but do I that. But I do think they target people. I do think they target people for some reason because a lot of um, abduction experiences begin. Um, it's it's not just a one shot deal. It, right. it starts when sometimes when the when the people are are pretty young, like kids. Yeah. Um, you know, in their like ten to twelve range. You know, that, yeah. that area like pre adolescent sort of yeah. range. And then um, there's multiple abductions going yeah. moving into adulthood. So yeah. for some reason they they target certain people for abduction um, for whatever reason. For whatever reason and, we and, don't know. And their we, reasons we are know. their own. Well, yeah, we don't we don't know. We can get that get to maybe some reasons behind it later later, later on. on in the show. However, I do think that there's an intention behind it. I don't think it's random. I don't think they just, you know, kind of flying around in their saucers and say, "Ooh, there's a couple out in camping. Well, let's pick them up." I think I do I do think there's some larger methodology behind it yeah. than, than just purely randoms. And we can talk a little bit about that later as to why that is. Um, although I have to say most of the accounts that I've read, the people do seem to feel like they were targeted. Um, and another thing that happens generally, and it's not in all the accounts, but it's in a lot of them, is that they have some kind of a uh, sensor put into them yeah. to track them, like a tracking device. Yeah. Um, so that kind of, you know, it's kind of like what they do with wildlife when they, they want to track their, yep. their behavior patterns or where nesting habits or whatever. Uh, maybe it's that kind of thing. Maybe they're, you know, may, maybe it's just purely scientific, you know. Um, most people also say that there's very little emotion attached to, to the whole thing, that they're very scientific and very sort of clinical yeah. about their approach. Um, and, and a lot of times they, they do inflict pain on people. I mean, it's, you know, the probing and things that they do are, are, are apparently pretty excruciating. It sounds like some pretty nasty business. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it seems to be uh, something that happens um, like, you know, what might happen to a lab animal when they're when they're testing exactly uh, some kind of cosmetic or something you know yeah who knows what their intentions are you know i have a few theories you probably do too yeah and well i think we'll probably leave that to the end of the show but right um i'm also leaving the whole thing about whitley striber for the end of the show yeah that's well. a big one that's that's, a big, that's, that's the biggest big one of all of i he's, think he's he's a he's a big he's a big personality in, yeah uh, this whole area uh, so uh did you do want to talk about betty andreason that, that that was kind of the next that was like in the late uh, late 60s well here's the thing it's just down the road from where I live. I know. And the, Ashburn, Ham, Ashburn Ham, <laughs> And that, oh boy, that explains a lot. Yeah. Um, well, you know, actually, I think New Hampshire and this area is is a pretty kind of a hotbed of UFO. A lot of people have yeah. actually said that Mount Man- New England in general. New England in general, but yeah. Mount Monadnock, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. has some sort of like cosmic connection or something like that. Well, the, I use that in my book, although I, yeah. it wasn't really Mount Monadnock. It was a fictionalized version of it. Sure. But I did a lot of research. I live in, right near Mount Monadnock. So I've yeah. done a lot of research. Research you practically live at the base. Yeah, I live pretty you, close. You live at the northern um, base of Mount Monadnock. I can pretty much see it from my house. But um, there, there's a lot of folklore behind it from the Native American. The Native Americans worshipped it as a god. Yeah. Uh, because um, there's there's supposed to be a, a power line, earth earth grid ley lines running through it. Sure. And wherever those lines cross, that's sort of a more powerful place. And and supposedly they, they cross uh, beneath Mount Monadnock, making it a sort of a power power point, I guess. On, on the earth grid. Um, so as a result of that, there's a lot of um, a lot so, of things attached to that. There's a lot of weird things attached. Yeah, a lot of yeah. there's a lot of weird um, psychokinetic things going around along in the region. But just down the road, on the other side of the border, there was this woman who, two years before I was born, 1967, she claims that she was abducted, and she's another one of those people. I think that she was a multiple abductee. She was. She was. She didn't realize it um, until she. Again, most of this stuff comes out in, in hypnosis. Um, they one of the, that's another thing that usually is part of the whole experience is that they erase the memory or they they erase the conscious memory up so that when you come back to reality whatever that is um, you have you know something weird happened but you, you don't quite know why you have this yeah. uneasy feeling of something strange have having happened but you don't really know exactly what it was until people go under hypnosis and the details of it. But, but with this lady um, she was in a, a, again a, a fairly remote farmhouse yeah she was with her family with her kids her husband and her father. Do you want me to read you the introduction to her no, story? I, I, think, I think I know, you think you know pretty it. much it. It happened in better G- than reading it. January 25th of 1967. Yeah. So she was in her kitchen and uh, this this beam of light uh, 
came into the kitchen or came into the house actually yeah an odd colored light yeah uh, more like daylight than say actual color right um, and paralyzed everybody pretty much uh, put them in a state of suspended animation um, and she was abducted onto the ship right and, and went through a whole series of again sexual probing and um, those kinds of things you know fairly standard things at this point I guess um, but this really was um, I think a, 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 after a series of these kinds of occurrences this was yeah. not the first time that this happened am I pretty accurate with that it's or? pretty accurate the thing yeah. that I think is really sort of amazing is that she was abducted according to the story like around 6 o'clock 6.30 at night and when she returned home at 10.40 mm-hmm. the other members of her family her children I think it was her mom her her husband um, they were all they, they, they were still in a state of suspended animation and most of them reported uh, one, I mean once again um, missing time well they, I think if I remember it's this one they um, they, they talked about missing a TV show that they had wanted to watch and yeah it was already on and so it's like they all went to sleep or something, which is a little strange I think that the, to, to something in the food maybe. to to put uh, to put an end cap on this is it, it says here after a 12 month investigation they conducted an extensive character reference check two lie detector tests a psychiatric interview and 14 lengthy hypnotic regression sessions under hypnosis Betty and her daughter reveal uh, relived a um, uh, detailed UFO experience with genuine genuine physiological reactions um, and th- all of this was documented in, in a um, 528 page report so the thing is is that um, it's pretty hard to imagine that after all of this research after after all these interviews after all these hip- hypnotic um, uh, sessions uh, the lie detectors the character references and all like this it's probably one of the most documented mm-hmm. UFO abduction stories in the region I think I think so too and it was just like how how, how could this person be lying I, yeah it's hard to refute that and the thing is is that is and and is her daughter lying as well and all the members of the family who missed this TV show because they were in a state of suspended animation in their living room while they were waiting for for her to come back I mean well, that's the fact that she was she was very reluctant about coming forward with us so you know it wasn't like she was doing it to, to publicize it. I mean she did I think she did write a book or she had a book written about her anyway, yeah and and she went on she was on talk shows and did a book tour I think and stuff like that but um it was out of it was very pretty reluctant I mean I, I don't think she was coming forward with it and that she was just almost kind of doing it to, to for disclosure just know, to, to come to, out and to say bring it out and say hey this is this is this is happening there's yeah. aspects of this story that make me think that she didn't understand what was going on and she was looking for answers yeah it's well, not too. it's yeah, not I, like I and it's not like she was coming out and, and saying uh oh I have this this story of a close encounter of the third kind mm-hmm. you know look at me look at me she's more like well well what the hell happened what the hell happened to me what the hell happened to my family is there any scientific explanation for this and she was very open about the fact that all she wanted to do was just get to the bottom of it yeah and yeah. and the thing is is that the only reason why it was sensationalized because there was a well-documented book about it mm-hmm. and it was just like I mean once again um is she you, still alive do you know I don't th- I don't think so I'll have to actually look that up because if she is see I mean for I mean for me personally I would love to be able to look at the house itself I would love mm-hmm. to just do a drive-by and just look at the house itself and just go to the location yeah it would, and it would knock on the door and say hey listen I know this sounds crazy but I'm Eric Fisk from the Fedora Chronicles and this is Walt Schnabel we do a podcast called the metaphysical connection we have a couple of words with you <laughs> by the way be- before we forget um, going back to Betty and Barney Hill for just a minute uh, every fall and I think it's pretty close to the anniversary of their abduction they have a UFO yeah. convention there it's, which, which yeah. I think we're going to be visiting uh, yeah we sure. absolutely um, so we're going to be talking to some uh, hopefully some big people big, in the big know people in the UFO people in world. the know right that's and, uh, that's the whole thing I think maybe that the, we, we will be selling some of our our t-shirts and a uh, whole bunch of stuff do, doing a little bit of promotion and some, kind of some metaphysics we have a friend from New Jersey that's going to yep. be coming up and the, yeah. so two, two New Jersey guys and a, and a Vermont guy be dangerous. don't hold it against me though that could be dangerous it could be so I remember when I, don't know, I was uh, working at this one restaurant and there's this one guy who he uh, was a town I don't think he was a town drunk I think he just had it was just a little unhinged and uh, he saw this car that looked like exactly like a hot rod that that was featured in the ZZ Top um, music videos he was just sitting at the bar saying for hours ZZ Top is coming to town it's gonna be a bloodbath just over and over and over again yeah that makes a lot of sense how many drinks did he have <laughs> he must have been pickled and remember kids antifreeze is not a proper alcoholic beverage exactly or Sterna yeah 
Yeah. Hey, don't knock Sterno. That's a great way to keep things keep things warm underneath your Sterno. Well, yeah, so, well, you know, drink it. Don't drink it. <laughs> so anyway, the one case that you have never heard of is called the uh, Allagash Waterway Abduction from 1976. And there were these people who were... And I'm going to have links to it up in the show notes. And if you can imagine, because I've been to the Allagash a couple of times, when my wife and I went on our, on our uh, camping honeymoon trip, we went to the Allagash. And there were these four campers and they had spotted something that looked like lights and it was and if you know the Allagash you know that there are very very few helicopter sightings but I'll get to that in, in a little bit and there's the whole thing about these people like being like chased by bright lights and then being fairly, fairly typical fairly typical and that's going to be the, the the reoccurring theme here and so the thing is is that they you know they were doing some night fishing and they saw the big huge bright light and it's it's and I'm just going to read this little bit here. Probably one of the most famous abduction stories of the bunch, the Allagash Waterway abduction involved four men, brothers Jim and Jack Wiener, um, Chuck Rack, and Charlie Foltz. The brothers knew uh, knew the other men from art school, and the four set out on a leisurely fishing trip, which sounds exactly what my wife and I did. A day after his unsuccessful fishing with little food to spare, the group decided to take their canoe and try some night fishing, and left a large campfire to help them find their way back. While fishing that night, the group noticed a large orb over the trees moving about and changing colors. The orb came to the canoe and, so they say, engulfed the entire group. The next thing the men remember is being in the campground with the fire burned down to the ashes. The men later began to independently experience nightmares of strange beings examining them and boarding a ship. They went through hip, um, hypnosis and all four men had consented to ex- had consented ex- consented experiences concern- concerning being medically examined while the others helplessly watched. Because the four men were also artists they were able to depict their experiences on paper with very disturbing results. The four men's stories were featured on one of my favorite episodes, one of my favorite shows, Unsolved Mysteries, and they appeared on national news. Now, here's something that for me is really terrifying. My wife and I have spent a lot of time in the Allagash before we had children and um, very early in our relationship. And we've also done some night fishing as well. And I can tell you, if there was anywhere in the world for aliens to abduct people in the Northeast, it would be the Allagash because first of all you could get easily lost there and there would there would the chances of there being witnesses would be very very nil um, I I think that from what I know about the the region I would have to say that this this story really rings true for me yeah well the remote uh, component is 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 fairly typical too we already talked about it all right so we're at the half hour mark what do you want to do you want to just keep blasting away and just go through these because because obviously we can go on forever and I have another case that I have, I absolutely. Well, let's ha- take a little break. Okay. And, and we'll, we'll. I think that yeah. So after the break, I think we're going to uh, come back and talk about uh, Travis Walton mm. and talk about him. And I've got another. Uh, um, um, well, it's a it's a recent book. Right. But it's um, an abduction experience that happened in 1989. Let's talk to, about that. To a couple. Yeah. Let's in talk the about that. Desert. Absolutely. It's, we'll talk, it's a good one. We'll talk more about that later. Okay. If you really like this podcast and the others that we are bringing to you on the Fedora Chronicles Network, then give us four or five stars on iTunes or iTunes. It's iTunes, right? Yeah, that's right. iTunes. Uh, Just go to the app uh, on your phone or browser and tell the world what you think of us and leave a comment. And if we like your comment, we'll read it on the air. But wait. Some of you are thinking, but but Eric, I, I don't have an iPhone and I don't use iTunes. Well, hey, that's okay, too. Because right now we're also featured on Player FM. That's player.fm. Just do a search for the Fedora Chronicles radio show and bang, there we are. And if you have a favorite podcast app that we don't know about, let us know and we'll get them to link right to us. Or you can do us a favor and you can suggest our podcast to them. Them meaning your favorite app where you listen to uh, podcasts and put our link in their suggestion mailbox. And uh, that'll save us a lot of time and money and effort and energy. Show your love of this and other podcasts on the Fedora Chronicles Network by going to Zazzle, where you can find lots of items with all of our logos on them. Soon we will have a plethora of the Metal Physical Connection logo 
on everything from coffee mugs, cell phone covers, barbecue aprons, to t-shirts. That's Zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. Hey, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for us on either or both the social media outlets. That is where you will get some idea of um, what we're going to be having on our show notes, and we'll even give you a little advance warning on what the next topic is going to be. Finally, in an earlier podcast, we had asked um, all of our listeners that if you have ever worked for a government agency, clandestine group, black ops company, or you've been involved with any kind of group that has any kind of conspiracy at all that involves a paranormal phenomenon, let us know and we would love to have you as a special guest on our show. That goes for all of you publicists, authors, artists, and regular Joes who have something to share with us on the Metaphysical Connection or, the, or on the Fedora Chronicles radio show. You can drop us a line at metaphysical at thefedorachronicles.com and that's how you can get in touch with us. All right, so that's it. We now return to our regular scheduled program, already in progress. So this is a bit of a disagreement, but it's a, it's a friendly disagreement, I think. You are under the impression that the Betty and Barney Hill story is the most famous, the holy grail of UFO abduction stories. If they are the holy grail, then this is the lost ark of alien abduction stories. Well, the reason why I say this is because that's the one that really brought the topic to, to the forefront. Okay. You know, there was, a, there was a book about it. There was a, a movie about it with James Earl Jones, who played um, Barney Hill. Yeah, yeah great movie. Yeah. Great yeah. movie. But, but that really brought brought it into people's awareness I think yeah before that it was just a kind of a fringe kind of a nutbag topic that you know people just were these were crazy people that were saying this stuff you know and then you know these were two fairly ordinary people I think he was yep. a postal worker and she was a secretary or something or a librarian or something you know these were not fringe people they were okay they they, they were a racially um, mixed marriage but you know I mean that's that's not that out of the ordinary so I, I think it what it really did was it legitimized the topic and that's that's why I think that. Um, I think most people, when you say Barney, Betty, and Barney Hill, they, they'll know. They immediately they know, they know what that they is. They know. Yeah. They know. They're the kind of the faces of, of the whole thing. I well, think. Here's the thing. I think that you can make you your your argument about the Hill case. I think is I think it's legitimate and I think it's valid. Mm -hmm. To another extreme, I think that it is the it is the most famous of all UFO cases from the 1960s, mm -hmm. without a doubt. Mm -hmm. um, Travis Walton's abduction story which began November 5th 1975 um, American logger in um, a national forest in Arizona north northern Arizona and um, I think this is also probably one of the most famous cases and yeah I think, I, I think that case brought it to a whole new level yeah of, of awareness uh, it's also I think it's also one of the most controversial because I think this is the first time when somebody who was really interested and passionate about the topic of UFOs before he was abducted um, I think that that led a lot of well of course it's he's freaking making it up because he was fascinated and mm -hmm. obsessed with with right. abduction stories right. so we so we turn around here so here's this guy who um, disappeared for five days and when he came back he told the story about being taken up and he and and um, I think it's also one of the very first stories that has been nationalized where it's like he didn't even meet just one species of aliens but I think that in in, in some retellings he's he met up to three different yeah. Varieties. Mm -hmm. Apparently there are different, um, I mean, I think the standard thought pattern for alien abduction is the greys. Yeah. You know, the short, big-headed, big black-eyed, thin-bodied greys that, you know, it, which is the pretty, the standard image of aliens, I think. Yeah. Um, but a lot of abduct, abductees have also talked about reptilian right. aliens that, that have yeah. been part of the abduction process. And, and greys have been positioned as possibly being some kind of robotic type of yeah. um, extension of, a, of another alien force or something right you know that they're 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 um alive but they're not they're they're more um, more more robotic i guess in, sure in their, they, un, they, un, unemotional well not only that but um they're not really um they're not really a species among on unto themselves okay they're, they're an extension of some species right they're like the, the the slaves so to speak sure some, sure so the thing is is that travis walton's case began like i had said november 5th 1975 
five. Mm-hmm. And he was working with a logging crew, and they all, all the members of the logging crew, say they saw a bright light hovering above the the forest, uh, the the ground of the forest in this opening. And of course, what does Travis Walton do? And he walks out, and you can see that he was hit by some beam of light. He was mm-hmm. levitated up off the ground, and who knows what the hell happened next? Because he, his friends, said who were still in the truck. They said, "Let's well, let's just get the funk out of here." Mm-hmm. And of course, they 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 tear down the road, and then they say, "Stop, stop! We got to turn around. We got to see if he's okay." So they go back, and of course, the light is gone, and so is in Travis. This is Travis, right? And of course, everybody is thinking, "Okay, for whatever reason, these guys concocted they they murdered poor Travis." Mm-hmm. That was the original thought. It was a murder investigation. These clowns made up a story about alien abduction to cover it. To cover it, yeah. Only to have this guy turn up walking into town mm-hmm. um, a, a couple of days later, and of course, oh my God! Well, first of all, you're off the hook. You didn't freaking murder the guy. Yeah, well, that's good. That's a good. That's the good. That's the good news. The bad news is every nutbag from here to Ringe, New Hampshire, is going to be coming over and doing UFO uh, investigations, paranormal research mm-hmm. because of this now. Thanks a lot, guys. Right. And of course, um, now a lot of people would would fault Travis Walton for making a ton of dough out of the story. But the thing is, is that his name and his reputation and his career, his ability to work has basically been ruined. Right. Because of course, well, who wants to hire a guy who believes that he was abducted by UFOs? He was gone for a couple of days and he tells a story about how these aliens like were, um, took him to this room or he was caught in this room where it's a, you could actually, you know, he was actually in outer space, mm-hmm. far beyond the orbit of the moon. Right. And, you know, and he had been told by these Nordic looking aliens, man and a woman both, sort of like the... That's vo- another, supposedly another species. Of, another species. Of abductors. And mm-hmm. and they said, hey, listen, we're watching your planet and we're really sort of concerned. And it was just sort of like... Uh, Why are you cutting all those trees down? One yeah, first of all, you're cutting all these trees down. Second of all, this whole thing with pollution. And we need to talk about Gerald R. Ford. And what's the story with him? And what's his connection to the Kennedy assassination? <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a stretch. <laughs> I, I added that part in. Yeah, I, I, I figured that. But the thing is, so they, they came out and they asked him a couple of, they said, hey, look, this is what we're doing. We're watching your planet and we're, we're plucking a couple of you out and we're looking for, you know, we're, we're looking for what genetic material or we're looking for evidence that you're destroying your planet and yourselves or whatever. And, and this he, is 76, right? This is 76. So they probably asked him, how did, and how did a peanut farmer get elected to be president? <laughs> <laughs> uh, now we're making light of it. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I think the primaries were still, what, in 19, was it, uh, no, I think, I think, I think he was still in office. I think Gerald Ford was still in office. In 76? In 75. Yeah, 75. Yeah, I think Jimmy Carter was. Actually. We're going to have to look it up. No, I, I, I think, I think I'm I think pretty, was... pretty certain about that. All right, we'll look it up later. Well, you can look it up. Yeah, if we'll, do it, we'll, we'll do it later. <laughs> I'll th- make you genuflect on the earth to make us. Ah, uh, right, okay. Had the right president, but I, I could be wrong, too. Uh, of, of course. So, of course, they, you know, and uh, so then he comes back and he has this elaborate story and his life is, his life is basically ruined. Well, except for the uh, 24 carat um, logger boots he had after that. Yeah. That he was able to buy. No, that's another joke. But the thing is, yeah. no, I mean, he, I mean, it is well documented that his life and the, and, and the, and well, the, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, and he, he was made to look like a, he was made to look like an idiot. Like a moron, yeah. And the thing is, is Which that. he might have been, but, you know. Well, no, I mean, I've, I've, I don't I've, know, I've, but, I've yeah. heard him on other, other shows about the paranormal. And this is probably one of the most down to earth guys you could possibly yeah, he's imagine. A, he's, a, he's a logger. He's a regular salt of the earth kind of guy. Yeah. Kind of, you know? He's the last person you would think that would, would make, make something, something like this like up. That, yeah. The only thing that he has going against him was that he was fascinated by the, the ideas of, of alien visitation mm-hmm. and alien. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that you have all these other people who collaborate the story, who say Travis got out of the truck, walked up to this, this uh, what, ball lightning or whatever it is, and he was he was hit by this beam of light. Everybody had said that this is what happened to Travis Walton. Mm-hmm. How the, here's the thing, if he made it up, how could he get all of his buddies to admit that, that this was, this is all a scam? Seriously. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they would, and, and one of them probably would come clean on it eventually. You yeah, know, eventually. Say, eh, you know, we made it. Yeah, eventually. That usually happens. So he's gone for a couple days. He comes back with this incredible story. And, and of course, they, you know, they make this, they write this incredible book about his experience. And, it, and name any show about 
about the paranormal, whether it's um, uh, In Search Of with Leonard Nimoy or Unsolved Mysteries with Robert Stack. And they have done a, a segment or an entire episode on on Travis Walton. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's one of those where it's like, if you're going to do a, if you're going to do a, a, a TV show, if you're going to do a documentary on alien abductions, and if you do not have Travis Walton um, you on your show, you got nothing. It's an, it's incomplete. Yeah. It's an incomplete picture. Right. And I think that he is the standard bearer for people whose lives were ruined because he came forward and said, "This is what happened." Yeah, I, I agree. But he really didn't have much of a choice. I mean, dude, you're missing for five days and you right. show up. Right. You got to have some kind of explanation. Really? What other explanation is there? I'm sure that there are people screaming at the radio right now saying he was shocked up with a Nordic alien. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. What can you say? Of course, you're going to make up a lie about that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I think so. That is the most famous story. And from the 1970s, uh, Whitley Stryber. Well, we need to talk about him. You, you, know, you need he, to talk he's, about he's him. He's a huge figure in, All right. in the whole conversation. I think. So from your perspective, where does Mr. Stryber's story start? Well, um, I think, again, he was he was one of those people that was abducted a series of times. Right. You know, starting when he was young. Um, he's, he's um, to just do a little background on him, he's he's a pretty famous writer. He wrote right. um, the, the Wolfen, which is a, um, a very cool story about it. It was made into a movie. Right. About... Albert Finney. Um, what's that? Well, it starred Albert Finney. Exactly. About um, wolves um, that are sort of predators in the, yep. in the cities. They're they're kind of like werewolves, but they actually look uh, sort of like actual wolves. Right. They, they don't look like the typical werewolf type of thing. And they f- they feed on um, homeless people, mm-hmm. basically. And they're telepathic. Right. Which, which is kind of a cool idea. Um, and then he also wrote um, The Hunger. Yep. Starring David Bowie. Um, I guess that was a book before it was a movie. I, right. I guess I didn't realize that. But a great movie, too, by the way. About an alien who, or about a um, Paris, uh, a race of beings that yep. that feeds on the human. So his kind of general theme, I guess, is mm-hmm. feeding on the human race yep. to, in one way or another, um, which he's, is kind of not out of keeping with the, with the whole whole alien thing. There's some people that think that's what's going on with, he, with and aliens. He, he, and he's written a, a, a lot of really great books. He has, he has. Outside of the, the whole communion. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a well-respected author and authority on the topic. Right. You know, he's 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 the kind of guy that broke the broke it or, or gave it gave it real legitimacy I think yeah you know and he took a lot of flack for it too but uh, you now he's been on coast to coast a number of times and, and he's an he's an authority yep you know? um the big the big book is communion uh let me just see here really quick was published uh back in oh here it is uh February 1987 uh and I can tell you exactly where I was when I first saw the the cover of this book what's your what's your spin on him well there? well you, you really cannot talk about um Whitney Stryber's book and not talk about what led uh, not what led what happened afterwards is that um, his book was one of those books that just opened up everybody's mind and started talking about um, alien abductions and it, it really conjured up a lot of people's thoughts and ideas and memories on the whole thing and then just a few short laters there was this book written by a Harvard professor um, uh, John E. Mack um, abduction human encounters with aliens and everything that came sh- uh, shortly after he came out with the, with his findings that he did for 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 Harvard. Yeah, that's, and, a, that's a big one. And we were actually in terms ta- of legitimacy. He was a, a, a Dr. Mack was a part of a study um, in Harvard. And um, what the thing is is that somebody had came up with the idea, thinking about well, let, let's talk about the the UFO abduction phenomenon, but not from the fact that aliens are snatching these people up, but as sort of like some kind of mental illness or some kind of psychosis right. or whatever, right. what have you. Right. And 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 which kind of makes sense when you it think. Kinda it kind of makes sense in their approach to it, and they and and they they did this study, and all of these people had come uh, had, and uh, came forward when it was announced that um, uh, Dr. Mack was doing the study with uh, his part uh, his uh, collaborator. Um, and I'm trying, you know, and and here it is, and I'll I'll have I'll have links to this later. But the thing is, is that after doing a lot of research into this and looking into you know the the, the health and the well being and the the nature of these people, and and I think they. Did they even do MRIs or brain scans or something of these people? I think people? they did. They, they, they did a lot of scientific. They they acquired a lot of scientific data. And this is and this is Harvard University. Yeah, this is not, not you know, you know. Not a small little college in the Midwest that's you know trying to make yeah. a name for itself. This isn't Harvard Community College where you can learn uh, automotive and PC repair out in uh, out somewhere in in the in the hills of right. New or Hampshire Trump, or Trump University. It's not Trump University. That's for damn sure. So of course they took this very seriously and wondered, okay, are these people sick or? something or and you 
know, it's a legitimate line of thought. It's think, a legitimate it? line of thought. So here we go. And then they sort of come to the conclusion that I, I think there's something more to this. Mm-hmm. And and then, of course, when they were going to come out and they said Harvard um, found out that they were going to release uh, their report, their studies and say, hey, we think that there was something more to this. The 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 higher ups, the administrators at Harvard had said, hey, you're not coming. You're not coming out with this. Really? You think you're going to put that out? <laughs> what are you? Are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> we funded all this research. You and know that, where you're going to be teaching now. <laughs> exactly, you're 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 gonna you're gonna be you're gonna be teaching at uh, uh, Fisk Community College in <laughs> East East Jibip University. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna be teaching at this community college that's in this little this this shack out behind right, Fisk's right. woods. You know, <laughs> so correspondence course. <laughs> all right, yeah, and so and then he and then uh, and then the word the word came out. It was controversial at the time. Whereas, wait a minute, Harvard did the study on alien abductees, and these guys came out and said, "Hey, there's there might be something more to this than some kind of mental illness or something like that." Right. And you you can't just say we're not going to put that out because you don't like the results. You know, I mean, really? Well, they can. Well, they can. They yeah. do it. They do it all the time. I know, but that's you know, that's another topic. But um, yeah, I mean, so the bottom line on that is it really added a lot of legitimacy to the to the whole topic. Yeah. You know, and and Whitney Stryber along with that. You know. He, he he rode that you know on the coattails of that. So Whitley Stryber, he basically he basically wrote a novelized version of these two accounts, and then mm-hmm. under his own hypnosis, under his own investigations, he found out that well he's an abductee too. Right, right. And what do you say about that, Walt? Well, I, I have to wonder um, how many people have been abducted and don't really realize it. Yeah, you know, um, they have some kind of an uneasy, creepy feeling about something. Yeah, um, you know, which may or may not be that, but. Um, so how many people, if they went actually went under hypnosis, would would have some subconscious memories? Of well, these here's kinds the thing. Here, you know? Here's the thing. And when I mean, I've, even you, Eric, you, maybe you were abducted. Well, hold on, hold on a second. Now let's back this up for a little bit because when I first read Communion, I remembered back to when I was and we were living at this 49 Westgate mm-hmm. in West Brattleboro, and I'm probably freaking some people out, especially some of my listeners back in Brattleboro, because they know exactly where it is that I'm talking about. And I was about four and a half. Well, five isn't there years a old. plaque on the? Uh, Maybe the uh, outside the, the door. Of that? Eric Fisk lived here. Right. They, Birthplace or, or, or Eric Fisk. Eric, lived Eric, Eric Fisk lived here on the following before years, it yeah. was condemned and burned to the ground and right. they pissed on the ashes. I'm just kidding. And the thing is, is that I remember one night a bright light coming through the window and had sleep paralysis. And that's another thing that is that a lot of people experience with these UFO abductive mm-hmm. cases. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing and actually feeling these beings walking through the closet, which was the closet was this big huge wide open space with the with the wall to the outside mm-hmm. and these beings walking around the ha- the house and um, just checking out all the members of the family and everybody apparently had sleep paralysis at the time and and then after a couple of minutes I actually like saw and felt the beings walk back through whatever portal they created in my closet and then the light up and disappeared and then I remember it was one of the few times when my father was actually living with us at the time and he said oh my God, what the hell was that? And so they decided they didn't want to abduct you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. And, and the, <laughs> I don't think we'll take him. And the thing is, is that, and then shortly thereafter, we all, you know, I had an exceptionally bad case of um, some of the symptoms that come with radiation poisoning, including just losing everything. Like, 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 like your hair? Like, no, like, um, like, you know, diarrhea and, and extreme vomiting. And this mm-hmm. is like almost immediately thereafter. And, 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 and the thing is, is that it's like, and I remember a couple of days after there was a lot of like a, like a lot of hush hush like talk going on and who the hell not look I was five parents? years old huh I mean with your parents with everybody in the neighborhood like something uh, happened but nobody was oh, openly really? out talking about well, it you, have you thought about um, doing a hypnotic regression yeah I think and I think I would like to do that but the thing is is that it was like well first of all did this really happen or was it just a vivid dream of, of a five year old a five year old boy mm-hmm. and this is before this is before now, now you've talked about um, the fact that you have negative RH, RH right. negative blood yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and I've never had my blood tested but i'm gonna i want to say just for that so um there is some line of thought that um and, and i don't think there's any real facts and figures on this or even research but the fact that a lot of the abductees are are rh negative um now i was listening to a show um 
it was a coast-to-coast show about a, an alien abduction, uh, which we're going to get to in a couple minutes, I think. But uh, And one of the callers that called in was a Native American, and uh, they've, they've noticed that a lot of the Native Americans that have had abduction experiences are RH negative yeah. blood. So yeah. maybe there's some connection to that. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Maybe, maybe, that, maybe that was one of the qualifications, or how they would know that. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. But, but no, 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 being, being very honest with myself mm-hmm. and being very honest with the listeners, right. um, I am very willing to admit that this is just a really vivid dream or an episode of sleep paralysis that I yeah, had. It could be. And that I just, this is just the way I remember it. Because the, the, the mind has a funny way of remembering things. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I'm willing to admit, this is a very vivid dream and an episode of sleep paralysis. Because I, cause I've asked other people about it, and they don't really remember much of this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, except for the Where point Where did the that, light come in? Through your... Through your yeah, through what, the window. Through the bedroom window? Or? Yeah, through the bedroom window. And and the thing is, is, is that, uh, you know, it, and it could have been anything. And it, yeah. it, it could mm-hmm. have been anything. It could... Hey, listen, it could have been a, uh, in a, a car, you know, parked in the parking lot outside mm-hmm. it could have been anything yeah it could be uh, some kind of a distortion of a, of a perfectly explainable event uh, yeah absolutely but you don't know and, and getting back to the point of how many people could theoretically have abduction experiences that just don't know it because it's um, one of the one of the things that happens is uh, most of the conscious memory of the event is erased it's yeah. one, of, one of the capabilities that apparently uh, the abductors have so who knows you know maybe people Maybe a lot of the psychological problems that people have are, are based on on those things that something happened to them. You know, I mean, we know that people who are violated sexually um, as children yep. um, have psychological problems as a result. Sure, of that, you know, of course. So if that's part of the whole, you know, if sexual violation is part of their whole abduction process, who knows? You know, there's there's no way to really know unless because go cause, into some kind of a hypnotic regression. Because I think that you and I are intelligent enough, and I think that we are rational enough to say that I don't think that all of these abduction cases that people bring up are true that actually happened. No, I do no, think that of course there's I, I wishful think, thinking on some people. I, I think that a lot of people would love to be able to have alien beings come down and, and treat them like they're special. Well, and, it makes them special. That's that's the whole thing. It makes really? them elevates them some somehow. sure. You know, they would pick them to, sure. to be abducted. You know, most people who it happens to aren't thinking it was such a great experience. Though, sure. You know, um, although there is there is some on the other side where people have felt really um, like there was somebody look watching over them like a higher a higher power watching over them and, and it was not a negative experience so sure it's kind there's of both, a lot of that both, both sides you know so, the ones that are more negative or more nefarious seem to come to the forefront more sure because it's more sensational you know so anyway you have all of these people who came forward for this Harvard study mm-hmm. and they said this is what happened to me and they did a lot of like a, a lot of um, I almost said blind taste tests but they did a lot of like blind studies mm-hmm. whereas you know t- you know tell us your story from the beginning and they have all in the in the interview all of these people and then on top of all that some of these people had actually came forward with implants and mm, well, that's another whole thing yeah. and that's another yeah. whole thing mm-hmm. and a lot of people have scars strange scars and strange shapes right. triangles right. or right. dots right. there's a guy a doctor he, he just died not too long ago that actually um, removed them had, had removed some of them um, they they um, they apparently move when when they're when they're, yeah. you know when there's a um, incision made Whitley to Stryber. try to retrieve it yeah. they, they move away so they have a they have some kind of a defense mechanism or something Whitley Stryber actually had um, I talked about a lot of this in some of the books that following up communion in mm-hmm. which and and when they actually test them and I know this sounds exactly right out of the X-Files well where do you think Chris Carter got the idea for well he for didn't this? make it up he didn't make it, it up it wasn't his I mean he, he wrote stories around it right he didn't make the concept up. but the but the entire thing is is that when they look at a lot of these there's some really strange properties to the actual metal or the material mm-hmm. or whatever it is that these are made out yeah, of, yeah. and it was like you know, it's like they're they're metallic alloys that just don't exist here on Earth because right. we don't have the technology right. for them. Why doesn't that stuff come forward? That's why is why is that not more prominent? I mean, that's a, that's a big deal. It's a big yeah. Big thing. If you can't figure out what kind of metal it is, you know, that's it's a little unusual. And then the book was published, and it was like yeah, it's just like kind of like a one shot kind of thing, and people yeah, started yeah. to read it, yeah. and then people said, well, oh my God, this 
reminds me of something that happened to me, yeah. such and such. And then all these people came forward. Rekind, yeah, it kind of kindled some kind of a something. Bonfire so there's something. So there's thing. something. There's something going on. Well, there's a commonality that, um, you know, like I said, I think some people have some knowledge of something. They just don't know how to pinpoint. You know, they know that something might have happened that's yeah. to them that's weird, but they don't really know. And if you take the details of it, and, 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 and that book sort of coalesced all of that kind of thing. And it turned out into yeah. being which is why it's of, a huge work. It's a yeah. it's a huge piece of work, and yeah. I think that it's like if if um if you haven't read it, you you absolutely should follow, oh, yeah. follow or watch the movie. Even. Yeah, the movie's Christopher great. Walken is. Terrific I don't think the movie really does the book justice, but no, I don't think so at all. But it's one of those books where it's like if you are living out in the middle of the country somewhere all by yourself, and you find yourself alone, mm. it's not like it's a it's not like it's horror like Stephen King horror, but it, yeah, it's more psychological. Well, his his horror is psychological too, but but it's more like um, it's it's not like vampires and right. werewolves and that kind of horror. It's it's more like creepy w- under your skin kind of horror. It, it, it will it will make you sleep with at least one eye on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, one eye open. Yeah. Um, so another event that I want to talk about is uh, happened in the Mojave Desert. Okay. There's, there's a fairly new book that came out, and I actually just ordered it from Amazon. I haven't read it yet. Um, it's supposed to be very terrifying uh, by by all accounts. I heard these two people on Coast to Coast talking about the event. Um, it happened in the Mojave Desert. Yeah. Again, these people were camping, and they were they were in a very remote part of the Mojave Desert. Yeah. Um, the the guy, um, the, their real names weren't used in the book. Of course not. Uh, but now they're 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 saying who they are. So they've they've come to full disclosure on their experience. Um, their their names are uh, Steve and Don Hess, and this happened in uh, 1989. This event. Uh, the book I believe is called the Mojave Incident. I think I think that's what it is. Uh, uh, is it Dawn is in a woman's name? Yeah, D A W N. Hess. Hess. And uh, Steve Hess. If you Google them, you'll, you'll come The up. Searchers, a true story? Well, there's two There's two books. That's an earlier book. Okay. Um, and then the, the newest one, um, which is kind of a sequel, I guess, in some sense. Yep. Um, details more of the event. So what happened was they, and there's a, there's a kind of a cool thing in here that, uh, at least I think it was cool. Um, they, they were camping. They couldn't get into the main campground where they had right. been before. Um, actually, he he had camped. He was a hunter, and he had gone camping out here when he was a kid with his with his family and stuff. Yep. And, and I think this was something that he had sort of talked her into. You know, yep. she wasn't a real kind of an outdoor kind of girl. And yep. it was like their anniversary or something. And he, he talked like Carol and, talked and her I, in, sort of like that. So they couldn't get a spot in the campground that he normally camped at. So they sort of went to a really really remote place and set up their their camper or whatever they had. And he was out doing something, and he noticed this bright, real bright light in the sky, which right. was low and and quite unusual. And he didn't say anything to her about it. He didn't, I guess he didn't want to spook her. So he went back to the campsite and and then they both noticed that there was a formation of lights right. in the sky that was kind of in an M yep. pattern, which is pretty unusual. Right. Um, and then they noticed that oops, they noticed that they started moving kind of right. sideways and up and down. Right. And I just hit the microphone. Um, so that kind of started to freak them out a little bit. Right. Um, and then they noticed that from as they got, as these lights got closer, there were sort of things coming down from the sky. Yeah. Um, sort of almost like parachutes, but like not really parachutes, some kind of a, um, iridescent type of thing. Yep, yep. Uh, like a balloon almost. The and, actual and name they, of the book that you're talking about is The Mojave Incident. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Ron Feliber. That's it. Uh, he's written a number of other books, by the way. Um, so then, then they noticed that there was these sort of things hitting the ground. Yeah. Um, and they were like little creatures that had red glowing eyes. Yep. Um, and I don't think they were Ewoks. <laughs> <laughs> They were small, like bug-like kind of things. Yeah. And you know, at this point, they're they're getting kind of freaked out. Well, of course. You know, as, I as mean, you can, as you can imagine, you know. So they get in their camper, I think which I think is a truck camper, right? Um, and these things are kind of like crawling all over it, and they're right? Up on bushes, but they're on the bushes, but they're not making the bu- you know flimsy bushes go up and down. So right. they have almost no real actual substance to them. Right. So the next thing that shows up, um, he they said these things were almost kind of playful, um, in a mischievous sort of way. Yeah. And then the next thing that shows up right at the uh, door of their camper are these things they called guardians or mm-hmm. um, I think that's what the term was they were like three three feet wide and four feet high and they were sort of ephemeral kind of they yeah. didn't really have um, a full amount of substance to them sure um, and then um, they they got kind of an assured feeling from them like they were sort of protecting them or something yeah um, and then they started hearing then, then a big vehicle came down yeah like a big mothership kind of thing and and they heard all this mechanical noise
noise, like a rumbling, like a, he described it as a um, kind of like a diesel sound almost, yeah. or like a like a mining kind of sound. Yeah. Um, like they were looking for something, like they were kind of searching. Yeah. And uh, that's where probably where the searchers comes from. Yeah. Um, and then um, pretty soon these these grays showed up. Sure. And they surrounded the truck that they were in or the camper. And so needless to say, at this point, you know, they were ready to change their drawers. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, who wouldn't be? Uh, but but the but the really I thought unique part of this and and which I thought was kind of strange really is that they imp- the I, I'm imagining the grays were the ones that were responsible for this implanted um, these fearful thoughts into these into these people they took her back to an experience that she had when she was eight years old where she was um, attacked on the, they didn't they didn't get into the, they didn't get into in the, the details in this broadcast they didn't get into the details of the attack but she was on a, a playground after hours at the school or something yeah. and, and was attacked by somebody but anyway they brought that experience back to her full force right so that she was like in the experience again all over again right which which totally you know freaked her out with the guy steve they they he was a hunter as i said sure they they implanted an experience where he was where he had the feeling of being a hunted animal yeah where he was hunted and shot and skinned yeah so he had the actual experience of that which i thought was kind of cool you know i think sure. most hunters should probably have that experience at right? least once. they might not hunt again but but yeah. he said he hunted after that so i don't know but anyway um so that was kind of a unique uh thing that i had hadn't really heard that yeah. before um, i mean everybody is afraid i think when mm-hmm. this happens i mean who wouldn't yeah. you know oh. um however this was brought to a whole new level of fear sure and then um they they felt they said they felt like the the ground underneath the truck was being uplifted exactly so so the ground and the truck were, were raised up yeah um and then they were taken on board a, a ship and uh, you know they were probed and and she said that um she remembered a spark mm-hmm. going into her abdomen yeah um and she she did find out later that she was pregnant so i i don't know what the connection to that was but um, she said the child that she had is, is doesn't show any signs of being unusual but, yet <laughs> well yet <anyway. laughs> um but that's another whole topic we can wrap the, the show up with i think sure um so they didn't but they didn't come forward with this for a long time they you know this happened in 89 and and this hasn't this they, they started talking to some of their friends about it because i guess they felt like they needed to share you got it, it you kind of told you know, somebody yeah but they didn't bring it to you know to the forefront and she said she wasn't a she wasn't a believer in ufos or anything she didn't have any experience with ufos she didn't even think wasn't even sure that they really existed or that kind of thing sure and the same with him he was he was pretty skeptical about the whole ufo thing so it wasn't like travis walton who had some background knowledge about ufos and things like that this was just something that you know was unexplained and then and the next day they ended up on the highway in their in their camper um and they went back to the site and it was nothing was there it was totally undisturbed yeah, so who knows but it seems like they were they were the the aliens were mining for something um, they were looking for something spe- specific in the ground you yeah, mean? yeah yeah well and then they these but but they did feel they said they did feel like they were um singled out like they were kind of looking for them walt why do you think this is happening again my theory my you know based on some reading i've done um i i think that there's a hybridization program going on sure um, i think the aliens may be so ancient that they may have lost the power to reproduce right um which is unfortunate for them um or they reproduce in some kind of a mechanical way or, or right. something but they seem to be very interested in the sex organs even the cattle mutilations the sex sex organs are always missing exactly and, and all the blood and everything um so what i think is there i think that they may be creating a hybrid of human with human dna and human using human eggs and human yep. uh, sperm and creating a being that is um a hybrid human alien which i as we talked about in previous podcasts i think we all kind of are to a certain degree sure but a being that could be um put into the general population undetected yeah but has an alien agenda because it's been bred by aliens so we could be living among those kind of people right now we don't know there's a whole theory behind right. that you know but i think that's what's behind it again my my conjecture my theory but you know there's a lot there's a lot of thinking behind that that's not just some wild thing that i you're not the first person to, to come up with this theory no of course not. no of course, of course not. not i mean i mean i think it's a scientific endeavor i On think it's, i think we we you know i i think the earth is a very rich place in in sure in many ways in the universe mineral wise um the the, the population here of, of beings sure. you know is ripe for that kind of thing and and maybe these are just sort of um scientific experiments like we do on on lab animals when i say this
this, I hope you are not alone in the house with all the lights off. And I, and, I, and, I, and I hope that you're in a comfortable, safe place when I say this. About a year or so ago, I did a research for an infographic that I was, that I was doing for, um, for a class at uh, Mount Wachusett Community College. And, and uh, Nikki Welsh, I'm, I'm talking about you here. And the infographic I chose, because it was coming up on the Halloween um, season, I wanted to do uh, an, an infographic on, on, uh, on scary statistics. And um, for the past couple of years, almost a million people in America go missing. Literally, think about that. Almost a million people mm. go missing. 900,000. And of those people who go missing, 500,000. And this is a rounded statistic. Mm. Could be more, could be less. Around a half a million people are never seen or heard from again. And and I and I looked at and I, I looked at it for a couple of times. And I'm thinking thinking to myself, well, what happens to all these people? Now, some people just they just get sick and tired of life, and they just up and vanish and reported missing and eventually they, they, they turn up in some way shape or form. That's a lot of milk cartons. Man. There's a lot of milk cartons. And then it and then you have these other people who have you know met their end by you know accidents while hiking or whatever but they're... And just never get found. And just never get... Well yeah. and they do eventually get found but they're, but they're corpses you know and... Uh, bones. And, and bones. And there's, and there's a lot of these people who when they go missing and eventually maybe maybe not they, they, they will be they'll be found but there are around half a million people each year who just up and disappear and they're never seen of or heard of again and there's and and there's no traces of these people over the course of a decade that's like that's like that's like what if half a million people that's like 50,000 a year yeah 50,000 you know in 10 years by the no I mean half a million people disappear each year according to oh each year I thought yeah. every 10 years no saying. so how many people is that over a course of a decade well it's 5 million yeah so I mean the, so the question is where are these people going and the thing is is that where's the where Where's the outrage? And of course, we're doing a, a story on alien abductions. And and my theory has been for a while. Maybe of all the people who are abducted, maybe some of them are never brought back. Maybe that well, they, or, or they die. I mean, there's, I mean, there's a chance that somebody could have a heart attack. Sure. While they're being you know, probed or whatever. Whatever, Mol um, molested by aliens or you, whatever. You would think they would might have the tech, more advanced technology to revive somebody like that. But but who knows? But maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Maybe maybe they hit a, a blood vessel or something. Maybe when they're probing maybe, and maybe life. Is well, yeah. there's another one. You know, just eject them into space or something. You know? Or, or I, maybe I don't know. Maybe they're just maybe they're just harvesting people at random. So it they, could be. It gets to could be a food source. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, that, there's conjecture around. There's that. conjecture, mm -hmm. and the thing is, is that you know maybe they're running around, you know, with a to book to serve man to serve man. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cookbook. It's a cookbook. <laughs> and uh, on the ship. But I, I think that with with the whole topic of um, alien abductions, I'm gonna I'm just gonna basically leave it at this. Maybe these are the stories of the own of the people who are actually returned and there are far more people who are abducted and they're never returned for whatever reason and i think that that would be a topic we should leave for next time or sometime in the future if they are abducting them what are they doing with well, the you know there's another whole abduction topic that we haven't even talked about is is uh, my lab of abductions yeah. Mil military abductions yeah, yeah. The, the people that are abducted by the military yeah so that's another whole segment when we could probably do a whole show on we that could yeah. Um, so let's, in closing, let's let's throw out our offer again for a T-shirt or a mug or, or whatever for for somebody who has a theory that we haven't talked about. As or your own abduction story. Or, or your, your own abduction especially. story. That would be even better. Yeah. And and uh, somebody well, wants to come forward with that. And speaking of which, it's relatively credible. <laughs> speaking of which, uh, we have a reader who had given us a question and had asked us to read this online, um, but unfortunately, <laughs> we didn't get it. Wish to remain anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> you want your t-shirt or coffee mug, but yet you insist on remaining anonymous. <laughs> right. Um, so somebody had said that, okay, if we actually did read, if we actually read the book, No Trespassing, by Ryan Skinner, knowing what we know about what occurs at the Bigelow Ranch, and would you actually spend a week at the Bigelow Ranch, knowing what you know now, if you actually read the book, would you, Walt, spend a week at the Bigelow Ranch? Uh, I think I would. You think you would? I think I would, yeah. If I, I could, I mean, theoretically, I don't think you can get on the place. Theoretically. Somebody made an offer to me. I 
I think I would. I'd like to see what's going on there. I would I, I would only do it with the caveat that I could actually bring the recording equipment. Mm. Well, that would be good. Like, Which might cancel you out. Everything, everything that you see here, my recording equipment, the microphones, the laptop, the second monitor, I would definitely agree to do that with only that caveat. I would not do it without that. So, mm -hmm. so there you go, Walt. There's, there's our first reader question. Unfortunately, we didn't get a name or address. Well, maybe they'll hear this and, and come forward with their, maybe. With their moniker so we can yeah. get them, yeah. award them a t-shirt. And yeah. then maybe they can post a picture of them in their t-shirt on exactly. Facebook. Exactly. And, 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 and on top of that, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't it be surprising if it was Ryan from Utah who asked? <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> that would be. That would be. So anyway, we're going we're gonna to leave it at that. Send us your, your thoughts, your questions, your suggestions, and uh, we will read yours, but you have to include your name. And uh, so anyway, we're going to leave it at that. And, and your t-shirt size. And t-shirt size. Absolutely. That would, be, that would be a good thing. We don't do this one-size-fits-all nonsense. So anyway, um, this is Eric Renner-Kingfisk for Walt Schnabel and the rest of the Fedora Chronicles team signing off. Uh, thanks for listening. This has been the Metaphysical Connection with your hosts, Eric Renner-Kingfisk and Walt Schnabel. This podcast is dedicated to exploring the unexplained, the paranormal, and the supernatural phenomenons. You can learn more about us on our webpage. Right now it is metaphysical.fedorachronicles.com where you can find links to our Facebook and Twitter page. This is also a great way to catch up on past shows, find out what we'll be talking about next time, and drop us a line and tell us how much you love this show and what topics you want us to tackle next. That's also a great portal for all of you to let us know if you'd like to be a guest on our show with a great story or to promote a book that you've written or a documentary that you have filmed. The Metaphysical Connection is a product of the Fedora Chronicles Network, copyright 2016, all rights reserved. Eric was right. He was absolutely right. I, Eric is right. <laughs>